This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. It's Keep on going. Part four of this little mini series, um, you know, some some Knicks off season and draft talk. Episode one sixty seven of the podcast tonight, guys. Of BD four, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Hope everyone's having a good night. Hope we're doing well. Hope we're staying healthy. Hope we're happy. I was watching the Braves-Dodgers game. If you could even call it a game. First inning, that shit was over. 11-0. 12-0 come to second. 15-0 come the, I don't know, fourth or something. And that's when I stopped watching. I mean, shit. Dodgers put on a fucking show. And it's I'm sure it's still going on right now. Turned it off put on Halloween because Michael Myers is better than your favorite villain. <laughs> I don't know. Dodgers are uh, looking good. You know, it's hard to put too much weight into one game. They are down 2 nothing, but remember, pretty sure, yeah, they're in Dodger Stadium and there's a crowd now. So there's a shot. They tie this thing up and you never know. You never know. And it's, it's a seven-game series. This is no longer five. So, far from over. Um, but, yeah, the Braves need to bounce back if they want to. You know, I think if the Braves lose tomorrow, you let the you, if you let the Dodgers get momentum and pick up two in a row after an excellent win tonight, they've got issues. You know, they're in trouble. But, hey, shit. 15 nothing last time I checked. I think it's 15-1 to now. But... Yeah. I don't even know the name of the kid who started for Atlanta. I saw the name. I don't I don't know who he is, rather. Um Kyle Wright. Should I know who he is? <laughs> I guess everybody does now after you give up, you know, as many runs as he did. Um yes, I was watching Halloween, just changed the channel after I figured there's no point in watching, you know, a home run derby and shit. I mean that time of the year, man. It's a good. It's my, again. It's my favorite season, really, from now until the end of the year. Um, my favorite, you know, couple of holidays: Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, and then New Year's. You know, just my favorite time of the year, and um, it starts here. 
would be nice if we were watching Yankees baseball, but we know how we know how that works. We know how that's been working for the for the last decade. Um, hey guys, I'm gonna be on um, my buddy Greg's show um, this upcoming Sunday. I don't know when he's gonna publish it, but we are recording on Sunday. If you haven't followed Yankee Crazy Podcast, be sure to do that right now. He's excellent, an amazing podcaster. Um, I listen to him all the time. He's much more controlled. Um, and tame than I am. You know, he keeps it clean, keeps it family friendly. But Greg is an excellent guy. Um, great job on the podcast. He always does a, uh, a fantastic job. And so I will be on his show. You know, he's going to do a little season review. Um, and so we are recording this Sunday. As I speak, it is a Wednesday night. So still got some time. And I'm sure he's going to publish it that upcoming week. Um,. Not much has, has gone on, really, in my day today. I uh, did not work today, so I was just home watching shit and taking notes and doing some homework. I've got class tomorrow morning, Thursday. Um, communications. And, um, you know, it's good to get out of the house, you know. Good to finally get out of the house. Um... And um, be on campus again. Hopefully it's not too cold out. The weather is starting to get chillier and chillier. But I will take it. I hate those. You know what I hate? I fucking hate those people who complain about the weather all 12 months of the year. Because you see that all the fucking time. They're complaining that it's too hot. It cools off. We get to the winter. They're complaining that it's too cold. Just people that are just non-stop looking for something to complain about. But look at me. I'm always complaining. <laughs> um, yep. Yankees had their end of the season press conference today. I think Cashman, um, Boone was there. I don't know if the Steinbrenners were or... The Steinbrenner son was Hal. But I, you know, because I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't bother. I actually heard about it, you know, an hour ago because that's how much I cared. I don't care. I don't care. At this point, we're fucking 0 for 4 during this process. Talk is cheap. Talk is so cheap. It's time to walk the walk. I don't care. I don't want to listen to anything, any of the Yankees, you know, front office guys have to say. I don't want to listen to anything Aaron Boone has to say anymore. I don't want to listen to any of that shit. I don't. At this point, I don't care a fucking bit about any of that. The only thing I give a shit about is the ring that's supposed to be on their finger, but isn't. Because they can't figure out a way to pers uh, to, to to achieve expectation. To reach expectations. So... Don't give a shit about talk anymore. I'm sorry. Not that I ever did, but it's gotten to a point where I don't care about press conferences. Nothing you say there is going to make me feel better about the failure seasons, or the failed seasons in the fucking past. And most recently, 2020. Again. Don't care. Speaking of failures, let's get to the Knicks. Um, we'll take a quick break and we'll get started. Alright, fellas. So... Really quick, I just want to remind you that if you haven't subscribed to my podcast on the many different platforms that I'm on, you can do so right now. 
And all you got to do to do that is go to my website. Just go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Once again, in order to subscribe to the podcast and listen to the podcast or watch it on the many platforms we have, go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. So, you know, another night where nothing has gone by, you know, the news has been slow with the Knicks, as it's been with most NBA teams who have not played since um, a few months ago. And it's going to be slow for a while. But I need stuff to talk about. So I figured, you know, I normally don't talk about rumors and take any of this seriously. And I still don't. But with nothing going on, we're going to pick apart a few of these uh, rumors and and talk about it. Um, more recently, that Isaac Okoro kid has kind of, um, you know, his name's been floating around Manhattan. The Knicks organization. Um, yeah, you know, 19-year-old kid from Auburn. A one-and-done kid. Pretty sure he was one-and-done. Um, yeah. 6'6", 225-pound, uh, 225-pound forward. Slurring my words right now. Um, you know... So the positive, let's start with the pros, okay? Let's start with the pros here. I don't want to just, you know, rip this automatically. A lot of uh, scouts have called this kid the best defensive player in the draft. That's large praise. He plays high-level defense, whether that's on or off the ball. He's got a very high motor, very high motor, where he's just fucking never taken a playoff. You know, he's got that dog mentality that I mentioned that you want to see from Knicks. You'll take any guy like that. But the problem is the Knicks don't have any talented players. And is Okoro's talent really good enough? Um, Yeah, he's a good finisher. He's a good slasher. Okay, so I'll, I'll add that to another, you know, that'll be another positive here. Very good slasher. He's athletic. You know. He brings a physicality to the floor. He's also got a good handle. Specifically in pick and roll scenarios, he's been pretty solid. A solid pick and roll passer. Although Auburn didn't run PNR um, with him as the handler much this past season, he was successful when doing so. So at a low volume. You know, and I've heard comparisons. He's he's you know, people are saying he could be, you know, a, a diamond in a rough. He could be one of the, you know, a player like young Kawhi. He could be a young Kawhi, right? Where he was very raw out of college. And, you know, the tools were were not polished yet. And the defensive prowess was what everybody liked. And then the offense started to come around in year three, year four, where he blossomed into a superstar and won a championship or two. So people are hoping Okoro can be that type of guy, you know, where the defense is there first and the offense follows it you know, later on in his career. But, you know, at this point with the Knicks, we are not in a process where we're looking for another project. Am I right? Um, I just feel like we need guys who can make an impact at this point right away. Give me somebody who can just ball. 
And Okoro right now is a limited shooter. Just 29% from three-point distance on a low volume of 2.5 attempts per game in Auburn. And his free throw attempts weren't a good indicator either. Usually you like to see, you know, if somebody's not shooting well from three, their free throw attempts, you would like to see the free throw percentage rather, you know, maybe in the mid 80s as a good indicator that there are signs. He shot 67% from the line. And that's, that was on a pretty hefty, just under five attempts per game. So he's just not a good shooter. The shot doesn't look broken. The mechanics don't look awful from what I've seen in tape. But we need more signs. We need more. We need results. At least somewhat. Low volume score. Just play, you know, he played 32 minutes a night, but took only about eight, nine shots a night. That translates to, I think, 11 field goal attempts per 40 minutes. So, you know, not a very aggressive, you know, offensive scorer. Not him. Not a guy who can create. You know, he's a guy when he takes more than one or two dribbles, he'll get himself into some trouble. So offensively, he's primarily slashing, cutting, you know, and getting to the rim. You know, without the ball a lot. Um, he's also got a pretty average wingspan at six, eight and a half. So there's nothing that really jumps out at you other than his defense at the moment. You know, his athleticism and his defense. So again, overall, you know, I have a number of guys that I would prefer the Knicks take at number eight before Okoro. You know, I would rather see Devin Vassell even. I would rather Sadiq Bey, even though he's probably going to be more middle to back end of the first round. I still would take him over somebody like Okoro. Maybe. But still, there are, you know, Vassell. There's um, Killian Hayes, who's the number one guy I want out of everybody. Um, I would take my chance on Cole Anthony. I know that's very controversial among Knicks fans, but before Okoro, I think so. Um, I would, you know, I was going to say Toppin, but he's probably not going to fall to eight. But there are some other guys that I'm not thinking of at the moment that I would take over Okoro. He's definitely not amongst my, you know, preferables. Now, if that were to happen, and if the Knicks did, you know, follow through, and this rumor was true, and um, the front office, Leon Rose, you know, being um, influenced by Okoro's play and his tool set, if that's true, and they do draft him at number eight, we're going to have to live with it, right? There's no point in being upset, especially in a draft class like this, where there are a lot of question marks, um, you know, with all these guys, especially at eight especially at eight. You're just going to have to live with it. And I will, you know, whatever. I'll live with it. Maybe he will end up being like that young Kawhi. <laughs> Isaac Okoro. I don't know. You guys let me know your thoughts. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm on a few different social media platforms today. If you want to follow my Instagram account, follow at Rob J Carbone. If you want to follow my Facebook or Twitter account, Follow at NY Sports Talk RC. Um, so yeah, there's been uh, also a lot of trade rumors of late, right? Um, I think more recently it's been Dennis Smith Jr. with the Knicks. I'm on the wrong page. Let's get to the right page here. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. He, I'm on the wrong page again. Sorry. Getting to DeMar, DeRozan, and Oladipo in a second. But I do want to touch on DSJ. 
it's been rough with DSJ in New York, you know? Um, you know, not only have New York Knicks fans turned on him, the majority of them, but also it seems the organization is starting to turn on him, right? We saw that in this past season, 2020, where he would be benched and not get, you know, not getting much playing time. Um, so you have to think to yourself first, you know, just think rationally for a second. I'm not trying to be an apologist, okay? I'm just trying to find a, you know, be devil's advocate, I guess you could say. Was it more on DSJ this past season, or is this more having poor player development? You know, um, Fizdale handled him terribly. Miller, when he took over, he did better, but he was coaching for wins, coaching for his job, and still not coaching for the better of the young prospects. So maybe it's coaching, you know, maybe maybe we need better coaching, you know, because we've seen the talent before with someone like DSJ. He's obviously uber athletic. Okay. God, I hate that word. I always tell myself I'd never use it. There I go. Uber. He's very athletic. And, and if you remember, if you think back, okay, before everybody started destroying this kid and ripping him, the same people wanted him badly. You guys remember LeBron James? In DSJ's first season, LeBron James flat out said the Knicks passed on a good one, that he should be a Nick, DSJ. He said it. Remember, Frank took it personal, and then he went, you know, face-to-face -face with him in that little uh, dust-up. LeBron James said it. Everybody was saying it. DSJ was the guy that drafted at the time. You know, he averaged 18 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists in North Carolina State. His rookie season, dropping 15-5. and five. Even, even in his sophomore season with Dallas, when Luka Doncic came and DSJ had to play off the ball more as a two, he averaged 13-5. and five. Even when he was traded to New York that year, you know, in his first little stint with, Nick, with the Knicks, 15-5. and five. He was putting up numbers. Yeah, they weren't winning numbers yet. You know, he still had some flaws that everybody was talking about. But he was still, you know, he wasn't at the bottom level where he is now. He was still at least putting up some numbers to where that was a good indicator that he could be worked with. But then came the bad and the ugly. The rough 2020 came. You know, it starts out, DSJ was promised the starting position by the Nick coaching staff. But he got injured. And he lost it. You know, a few weeks into the season, maybe. He loses his stepmother. Loses his stepmom. Finally recovers from the injury. But can't get into a rhythm. Understandably enough. So the Knicks don't give him playing time. And, you know, that's an issue we always talk about. The coaching staff not getting the young kids, not giving them enough leeway. The veterans can go out there and, and make their mistakes, but not the young kids, which is something we always talk about. And, and there he is. He's getting sporadic playing time, even when healthy. Not in a rhythm. The confidence takes a tremendous hit. The jump shot looks absolutely terrible. He's got Markel Fultz syndrome from earlier in his career. 
it's you know he he's gonna go in through you know he's working with another I don't know this kid, uh, Muhammad something another shooting coach his second shooting coach trying to revamp his jump shot for the second time in two years now after Keith Smart broke it last offseason you know all of this is happening in remind you the bright lights of NYC it's not easy so before we go yelling trade 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 um, and I have to I'm an advocate for trading him I say we wait because he's got no value right now. He's coming off a season where he averaged, what, five points? You know, shooting in the 30% range. 20% range from three. He's he's coming off a season where if you trade him now, you're not going to get anything but a bag of Fritos in return. So I would, this is what I would do. You look at what the Knicks did, trying to revamp their coaching staff this offseason. You know, they hired a coaching staff that is now known for player development under Thibodeau. He's got some guys under him where they have thrived in terms of developing guys. Woodson's here, and you got a lot of other guys too who were known for that shit, known for getting the best out of their players. So I say, okay, this is this is controversial, I don't care. Keep him for now. Give him playing time this upcoming season. And let him re-up his value a little bit. If he looks good, dish him when he's hot. Get him at peak value. Trade him that way. Or you could maybe keep him if he looks good. But, you know, for those that want to trade him, right now probably won't be the best time. We'll be right back. All right, fellas. So, really quick, I just want to remind you, that if you haven't subscribed to my podcast on the many different platforms that I'm on, you can do so right now. And all you got to do to do that is go to my website. Just go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Once again, in order to subscribe to the podcast and listen to the podcast or watch it on the many platforms we have, go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. So that's what I'm thinking when it comes to DSJ. All right. Again, not an apologist, you know, not a, not a diehard DSJ fan, although I do like the kid. But I'm just trying to be reasonable. Maybe we should, maybe we should, you know, hang on to him so we can get better value if we are going to trade him after all. Is there some risk there? Sure. But I'm not going to completely do it right now. Not just yet. All right. DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. This has been something that's been in the you know rumors for a while. A little bit. I just figured I'd talk on it some more. Um, you know, I averaged 22 points this past season. Uh, four rebounds and four assists. 31 years old. And next year, he has a $27 million player option. Trading for this guy. Honestly, man, you know, I can't think of one uh, one positive. Maybe I have one positive. Is that trading for him, you know, gives the Knicks their playmaking guard. <laughs> sure. You know, you get your good shot creator. You get a guy who's a good passer, good playmaker, um, a mid-range master, you know, kind of refreshing there. Very athletic, gets to the cup, finishes, hits his free throw attempts. 
Um, and then, you know, if you like the whole veteran experience bullshit, then there you go. You got that too. Um, but, you know, outside of those things, you know, this is something I, I really, you know, it would be such a classic Knicks thing to do. You know, first of all, he's 31 years old. He's older. He's not part of this long-term plan. When the Knicks are rebuilt, he won't be as good as he is right now. You know, it's another stopgap. And we don't need a stopgap when we're at the beginning of a rebuild stage. Um, you know, and to take on a lot of money, $27 million for next season. And to also trade away some assets for him. I don't think it'll be that heavy, but enough to, you know, combining that with the salary we're going to pay him, it's risky. You know, especially when you could potentially lose him in the 2021 offseason in free agency. It's just not worth it. And then to add, this guy's game is just completely extinct. Nothing is wrong with the mid-range. Nothing is. Okay, I'm not some analytical freak, some typical millennial NBA fan who looks at nothing but the advanced metrics. That's not me. I believe the mid-range game is so underrated in today's game. The issue with that is, just like always, you need to be able to, you know, or maybe especially in today's game, you need to be able to exist at least from outside. You know, have some kind of outside game. Or at least take a couple threes a night. You know, even Giannis, you know, will have his moments. But DeRozan, I don't think he averages more than two three-pointers a game, and that might even be optimistic. I have to look at the numbers, but bottom line, he does not shoot the three, and he shoots it egregiously bad. Okay, so it's not even like he's you know, below average to average from three-point distance. No, he's just atrocious from there. That's where the issue comes into play. It's just a spacing disaster waiting to happen. He's a starter. So is R.J. Barrett and... You know, there's a good chance Mitchell Robinson will be in that lineup too. Those three guys can't shoot. Three of those five guys in the lineup not shooting the ball. If Randall's still here, that's four. You're not going to have any spacing out there. It's just going to be one clusterfuck. You need shooting. If you're getting a backcourt player, he needs to shoot the ball from three. At least a little bit. And DeMar DeRozan doesn't do so. And you're just looking at it overall. He won't improve the Knicks. He won't improve them. You know, spending all that for him, trading away some guys for him. What's that going to get you? What is it? What is it for? What is it for? You know, it's just going to stall for the development. Guys aren't going to get their touches. And you know, the win loss total for the Nick, you know, it's not going to look much different than it has in recent years. You know, maybe marginally better instead of racking up, um, you know, 24 wins. Was it this season? Maybe they'll rack up 28, 27, 28, 29 tops. But this isn't anything that's going to make them, you know, even a fringe contender. Don't see that. I just, I just, no. And I hope the Knicks don't do it. And I don't think the Knicks will do it. I really don't. Because I think Leon Rose has some competence. <laughs> We're going to take one more break. We'll be right back. I'm on a few different social media platforms today. If you want to follow my Instagram account, follow at Rob J. Carbone. If you want to follow my Facebook or Twitter account, 
Follow at NY Sports Talk RC. Victor Oladipo. Let's get to uh, the last but not least player on our uh, on our list tonight. <clears throat> now, uh, <laughs> he's not. All right, so we'll start with with uh, you know a little biography. Twenty eight years old. He's got a twenty one million dollar um, deal next year. It's the final year. Sorry, of his deal is twenty one million for next season, and then he's a free agent. <clears throat> Um, you know, combo guard, the positives in his game and then in the positives for trading for him, just like the Rosen, the Knicks would get their lead guard. They get their playmaker. You know, the ball is no longer, uh, no longer in Julius hands, taking it up the court. Um, RJ Barrett doesn't have to run point all the time either, which it wasn't, you know, Julius bad, but he was still inexperienced, and Fizdale threw him into the fire at age 19 to run the floor. So Oladipo gives you your guard to count on, a legitimate point guard, you know, who can run the point guard and who can also play off the ball at the two. You know, he's somebody who can play make, who can get to the rim and score. Um, would would be the best scorer the Knicks have had since, since Melo, if he pans out. And we're going to get to that. And he plays both ends. He's a good defensive player. Uh, made the all-team defensive team. Uh, all the all first, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, you know, first all defense. I think a couple times. First team all defense. There it is. <laughs> Fucking shit. Um, so that's the positive. The Knicks would get their lead guard. Unfortunately, I've got a couple of negatives here. And, and this is something, again, I don't. I wouldn't do if I'm the Knicks. It would be typical. It would another typical Knicks move. There are the health concerns. You know he's been declining. At least this season he declined. You know, after after that ruptured quad tendon, he wasn't the same. You know he missed significant time because of it, and he comes back and he's not nearly the same. You know the athletic pop isn't there at the rim. These last three seasons went from sixty-seven percent at the rim to sixty percent. To after the injury, forty-five percent, just terrible from the rim. Average fifteen points, down from his usual, four rebounds and three assists. Nothing good. And he did so on a very inefficient thirty-nine percent from the floor and thirty-two percent from three. When you round it off, that's risky, you know. And then there's also the fact that he's going to be a UFA next season an unrestricted free agent so you know if we really want Oladipo that bad shouldn't we just wait for 2021 to pick him up to try and sign him what's the rush we're not winning next year anyway you know why risk losing him after paying a premium you know teams know the Knicks are desperate for a point guard the asking price is not going to be cheap. You know, and we know Oladipo, who he has said, wants to play for a winner, not be the number one guy. So the Knicks are going to have to pony up a bit. It's just too costly for the risk. Way too costly for the risk. For a guy who might not be the same. RJ Barrett would have to, you know, likely be in that deal. And then, you know, maybe a first round pick. And then some salary matchers. You know, Frank, Taj, 
to match salaries. It, it just wouldn't make sense to me. And again, this is probably another one of those, you know, um, smokescreen rumors, you know, just to, just to get people talking. Um, but, you know, there was that, I think the headline that I read was Leon Rose prefers Oladipo over CP3. But bottom line, man, Victor Oladipo, I would not do this. I would not do this. And, you know, I, I say that with confidence. I would not do this, you know, no fucking way. Not for the price the Knicks would have to pay. And I'm pretty sure the Knicks, again, under Leon Rose, if he is as, you know, decent as we think he is, um, I don't think he'd be that stupid either. All right. Um, now, there are some other guys who've been rumored, you know, Ingram, Westbrook more recently, which I don't even know if I'm going to get to those guys at any point because I feel like that's not even worthy of talking about. Just, you know, the rumors I just talked about are unrealistic. But talking about Ingram, talking about Westbrook, that's fantasy shit. That's fantasy shit. Um, not that I'm the biggest Westbrook fan. And I also know, you know, there are many people who aren't Ingram fans out there. But um, Oladipo, DeRozan, no thanks and no thanks. Okoro, I'll take it if it happens. You know, whatever. Wouldn't be happy about it, but I wouldn't be throwing riots. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Who else are we? We talked about Okoro. We talked about Oladipo. We talked about the Rosen. And um, who the fuck else did we talk about? I don't know. Fucking losing my mind out here. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. You know, it was uh, not much tonight again. And, and I'm kind of running out of things to even talk about, even when, when talking about rumors, you know. I'm running dry here. I am running dry. Fucking, uh, there's just not much going on. The NBA Finals just ended. Um, you know, don't expect any news from the Knicks, any you know, concrete news um, at all in the near future because it's, it should be quiet, you know, with COVID and everything. You know, I know the Knicks are going to have to do these Zoom training camps and, and you just can't do it that way, but it's going to happen. You can't really get a true testament to how great a player could be in Zoom or in video chat, you know. Can't see his real speed. You can't see the intangibles through a fucking video. It's going to be weird, the scouting for this year's draft. Um, but that's it, guys. That's all we've got. So don't want to ramble on too much. So let's get to the NYY, NYK question of the day. Uh, but before we do... Guys, you're listening to BD4. You're watching BD4, um, episode 167 of the podcast. This is your host, Rob Carbone. Hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Um, if you do enjoy it, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, download the podcast, and all that stuff. Share it with your friends. Comment. Tell me. Uh, tell me you like my. You like the job I'm doing. Or comment and tell you. Tell me that I'm fucking doing terrible. Shit. I don't mind that. <laughs> Um, and if you want to find all my information, just go to my website, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. That will take you to a page that displays all the information to the podcast, to the blog, and where to reach me on social media. Guys, let's, um, let's get to the NYY, NYK question of the day.
Um, all right. So last time out, guys, I asked you in episode one sixty six. What the fuck did I ask you as? <laughs> Drawing blanks tonight, man. Um, oh, yeah. Which team did the Knicks beat um, for their first victory of the 2019-20 season? Okay, so which team was it who gave the Knicks their first victory of the 20 season? It was the fucking Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, who the Knicks first beat for the 2020 season. And that was the answer to 166. Now, for episode 167, how many blocks... I'm sorry, we like crashed there for a second in the middle of the question. All right, let's get back to that. Um, tonight's episode 167, how many blocks has Mitchell Robinson racked up so far in his career? So let me know the answer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, to BD4. Um, and I will see you in the next one. All right, ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.